What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode is a fun one. Pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the United States, and Gary Vaynerchuk just purchased a pro team competing in Major League Pickleball. So I sat down with his partner, Ryan Harwood, who is also GM of the team, and we broke down the economics of the deal, the future of the sport, and more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ryan, and I hope that you do too. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. Whoop is a 24-7 personalized fitness wearable that's here to help you improve your recovery, sleep, fitness, and health. It's the one tech product that I wear 24-7. Here's how it works. Each day when you get up, Whoop gives you a recovery score based on your sleep, resting heart rate, respiratory rate, and heart rate variability. Your score lets you know how to approach your day, whether you should push yourself during your workout or activity, or if you should skip the gym and take a rest day. You wear your Whoop on your wrist, bicep, or now within one of their new smart clothing garments called Whoop Body. The band connects with an app on your phone, and it automatically measures your heart rate, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. The band also automatically detects and classifies your workouts, so there's never an issue in forgetting to press go on a run anymore. You can then analyze your activity levels in the app. There's also a ton of coaching features within it like Strain Coach, which gives you target workout exertion goals tailored to your body's recovery level for that day. Those goals change over the course of the day, depending on how active you've been. That coaching is where Whoop really shines. Whether you're interested in how CBD or alcohol impacts your sleep and recovery, or you're just wondering how long of a run you should go on, Whoop is there to provide you with personalized data to make sure you're aware of the impact these decisions have on your body. And Whoop is now offering 15% off their new Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe, J-O-E, at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is 8Sleep. 8Sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer and nature's best medicine. Consistent good sleep can help reduce the likelihood of serious health issues, yet still more than 30% of Americans struggle with sleep and temperature is one of the main causes of poor sleep. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot. But now, I'm falling asleep in record time, faster than I have ever before, all thanks to my 8Sleep Pod Pro Cover. The Pod Pro Cover by 8Sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. You can add the cover to any mattress and start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees Fahrenheit or as hot as 110 degrees Fahrenheit. The temperature of the cover will adjust each side of the bed based on your sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature, reacting intelligently to create the optimal sleeping environment. The result? Eight sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. The Pod Pro covered by Eight Sleep is so popular that it has garnered attention from CEOs, high performers such as Olympic gold medalist Red Gerard, and top CrossFit athletes, including the 2021 fittest man on earth, Justin Medoros and UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou. They're all powered by 8Sleep to make the most of their workouts and recovery. Remember, good sleep is the ultimate game changer. So go to 8sleep.com slash Joe to check out the Pod Pro cover and save $150 at checkout. 8Sleep ships to the USA, Canada, and the UK. Next up is FTX. I'm sure you've heard of them by now, whether it's because of their partnerships with the Miami Heat, Golden State Warriors, the MLB, or Formula One. Whatever it may be, it's obvious that FTX is dominating the crypto conversation in sports. FTX US is a safe, regulated way to buy Bitcoin 
and other cryptocurrencies. Plus, you can trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than any other exchange on the market. You can even buy NFTs on the FTX app from top ETH and Solana collections without getting hit with fees. Simply put, FTX gets it, and they want to make crypto exposure accessible, easy, and secure. Download the FTX app on your smartphone today and use code JOEPOMP, J-O-E-P-O-M-P, for a discount on trading fees and start building your portfolio in less than three minutes. It's literally that easy. All right, let's get into this episode. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, everyone. I have Ryan Harwood with me here today, and we have some exciting news. First off, though, Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here today, Joe. Of course, man. I'm super excited to talk to you. I got a bunch of questions. I think the news is out by now, and people probably know that Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, bought a pickleball team, a major league pickleball team, and you are going to be serving as the general manager. You're his partner in this, but also several other businesses. So we're going to get to that. I obviously want to talk through kind of what you guys are thinking and the approach to all of that. But first, maybe let's start with how exactly you and Gary know each other and, and so forth. Sure. I met Gary back around 2010, 2011, when I was first entering the digital media space. I was leaving the finance industry and did a complete 180 and came into the media industry. And we had mutual friends, but he casually came up to me at a rooftop party at Gawker. I don't know if you remember Gawker, but Gawker's rooftop in New York. Yep. I was trying to network, meet people in the industry because I knew very little people at the time, very few people. And he was awesome. You know, he had no reason to be nice to me, offer help, any of it. And he did. He just kind of was like, what's up? What are you up to? What's the business you're starting? We kind of just had a jived, honestly. And then I'd say we kept in touch lightly for several years. And then what ended up happening is we we started through a group of mutual friends going on an annual trip together to Utah. And it was a group of like five, six, seven guys. And, and we did that together for about five years. And that's when we got really close and really friendly. And then when my business was mature, which was Pure Wow, which was a women's lifestyle digital media company, Gary put a, a bit of investment into it, into the seed round. And then he ended up acquiring the business in 2017 because he had a front row seat to what we were doing. And now we've been working together as business partners for five years, building several different businesses together and obviously consider him not only a business partner, but you know, a best friend at this point. Gotcha. And what made you go from finance to digital media and like running a women's lifestyle brand? That seems like quite the jump. Yes, indeed. You know, I knew that corporate America in my soul was not for me. Like I needed to know whatever I was going to put into it was what I was going to get out of it. You know, I needed to understand that it was okay if I failed, but I needed to fail on, on my own accord not through people politics and kind of being in the right place at the right time. I, you know, it was okay if I failed as long as I knew I gave it my all and had, had a fair shot at success. I was a college athlete my whole life. I actually, you know, I played college tennis for university of Pennsylvania and played pro for about a year and a half after that. And I was a super competitive dude deep down. And I needed to know that I was going to be able to work my tail off and reap the benefits if I did so. So I basically said to myself, you know, when I'm older, you know, I was 28 at the time. And when I said, I said to myself, when I'm 45, when I'm 
have kids and a family, am I going to be super stoked going to work every day in this industry? And I was clearly able to say no. Didn't mean I didn't like it at the time. I just knew I wasn't, it wasn't long for it. So that's when I started speaking to a lot of different friends in different industries, kept gravitating back towards the digital media industry. I had a few friends, I had businesses there. They were having a lot of fun building it. I understood it, got lucky in that I was able to find a successful business guy that was in the media industry named Bob Pittman, who gave me some seed money. So I wasn't going to zero in salary. That was helpful for some confidence. And ultimately I bet on myself and I said, let's just do this. And the women's part came into play because when I looked at the landscape, honestly, at first I thought I was going to do something for guys, but the, the space had just been innovated on back in 2010. You had a lot of publishers, Bleacher Report, Complex, Thrillist, like that were launching, that were doing a good job of kind of disrupting the traditional male publication space. And the women's space had not been disrupted at all. And I felt there was a real opportunity for women 25 to 49 in the digital space. So that was the impetus behind going that route. I love that you asked yourself that question of like, when I'm older, is this what I'm going to be happy with? And, and is this what I'm going to want to do? Because you don't know this, but I used to work at JP Morgan too. And I literally asked myself the exact same question. I was like, fuck, you know, like there's a very, cause if you don't work in finance, you don't know this, but people that do understand it very well, there's like a very structured path, right? You go analyst, associate, vice president, and, and maybe eventually you get the MD or you run some larger part of the bank. But ultimately it's a very structured path of like what your career is going to be and what you're going to be doing if you yes. follow that, right? And one day, literally I was sitting there and I'm like, fuck man, I'm literally doing the exact same thing that like a 55 year old, a six year old is doing over here. Am I going to be happy with doing this when I am that age, right? When I'm 45, 55, 65. And the obvious answer to me was no, right? So then immediately you're like, okay, what am I going to be happy with? And you go, you go find that out. So it's super interesting to hear you had that same kind of reflection to yourself. I did. You know, I think that it's important to take a step back and not get in the rat race and the routine and every so often in your life be like, am I truly happy? Is there something I could be doing to make myself happier? But also like, that's just going to, when you wake up in the morning, you need that fire in the belly to be better than other people, to, to better yourself. And if without that, you're just not going to succeed in what you're doing. You're just not. Yeah. Yeah. And the follow your passion thing is such a cliche, but it's not necessarily like follow your passion for happiness. It's, it's follow your passion for effort, right? Because the effort is what you'll be good at. And ultimately, if you're good at it, then kind of the happiness and, and the reward financially will come from it. So I'm on board with that, man. Let's talk about digital media today, for example, first. So I know you guys are working on 1.37 PM, which is kind of a, another brand off of Gary V's and yours production arm in, in the digital space. What is the thought process kind of behind the digital space today? Do you guys still see this opportunity with a lifestyle brand like 137? Just talk me through kind of your general thoughts. Yeah, I think that there's always great opportunity for credible content creators. You know, I think the difference is now is that it's been democratized, meaning my dog could be a publication and an influencer could be a publication and so can 137 or Pure Wow. So I think that the competition for attention has gotten much more competitive and crowded, and therefore you really, really need to understand how to be a creator at scale, whereas it used to be acceptable for a publication to come out with like X amount of articles per week on a website or in a magazine and you know be romantic about so much, like the color of the button on the screen or whatever it is, like that world is long gone, and you need to be able to keep up with the volume 
and the algorithms of today's distribution channels, which do encourage a higher volume of content and the ability to find right instead of just sit in the boardroom and guess right. So I always think there's great room for credible publishers, but you're going to become obsolete if you don't keep up with the times in terms of like being nimble and quick and having speed and having your pulse on culture and really understanding all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's a good avenue into the fun part of this conversation, which is pickable, right? So yeah. as I mentioned previously, Gary Vee and yourself have, have purchased a team, have bought a team in Major League Pickleball, and you're going to be the GM. I think he named you that last week. Yeah. So let's talk through first, like fundamentally, what the hell is pickleball for people that don't know? Yeah, it is. It's a hybrid racket sport. You know, it's similar to tennis and ping pong and badminton. You, know, you play with paddles and a ball. The ball has holes in it, so it limits the speed which inevitably evens the playing field a bit. And the courts are smaller than tennis courts and they're popping up all over the country. It's wild. Yeah. So the organization that you guys bought a team in is Major League Pickleball, right? Yes. So talk me through kind of just how old is this business? Like, how does it look today? Do they play tournaments? Do they have media rights? Just like kind of a 30,000 foot overview of what exactly it is. Yeah. So what it is not, it is not like the ATP tour where you're playing tournaments every single week and, and gaining points every single week for the official ATP ranking. It's not like that. It's more of, it's what you would think of like an elite competition, sort of like Davis Cup or Ryder Cup or the Champions League of Pickleball. And it features teams of women and men together. So it's two women, two men per team playing in men's and women's doubles, mixed doubles, singles, and it's featuring the world's best players in a unique team format. So with the teams being owned by a diverse range of sports and business icons, including Gary, Mark Lazary, who owns the Milwaukee Bucks, James Blake, who is a former top 10 professional tennis player, et cetera. Okay. So I'm going to read a couple stats here because I, I do my homework over here. You know, I got, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. So I looked up right before this, just how fast it's growing. Cause I heard pickleball is fast growing sport in the U S right? So that is true. They claim they say that pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the United States. There's about 5 million people that play it today. And the interesting part to me was that the majority of these people are older, right? They're like 60 to 65 years and older. It's becoming a younger sport as more people are picking it up and learning that it's probably a little, it's, it's similar to tennis and ability or capacity, but you don't necessarily have to be as good or as elite of an athlete. But the big problem they said is that the courts are a big problem, right? So there's just not enough courts in the United States, but there's about 20 to 30 courts popping up every single month now and hotel chains like the Marriott and others are changing, transforming their tennis courts into pickleball courts, which I thought was fascinating. So literally they're seeing so much demand now that they're switching yeah. tennis courts into pickleball courts. The beauty is that you can actually keep the tennis court and just put lines on the tennis court so that you can play pickleball as well on the tennis court. You do have to swap out the nets, I believe. My first foray into this was, this happened at my, my parents' community. So my parents live in Long Island, and they had two tennis courts at their community where they live. And I saw that they put these small lines on the court several years ago, and I didn't know what it was, and eventually started seeing every single morning, everyone in the community was playing on weekdays, <laughs> playing pickleball and I was like, what is this? This is crazy. And so I, I saw that firsthand what you're talking about that like Marriott, these folks are doing. I saw it in my parents' community. 
But yeah, it's it's over five million are playing right now, which is basically about a million more than twenty twenty. So there's been a rapid increase even just during the last couple of years. And why do you think that is? Is it because it's similar to tennis, but you don't have to be necessarily as skilled to play? I think that at a, at an amateur level, right? Yeah, obviously the pros are good, but at an amateur level. Yeah, exactly. I think that it evens the playing field. So someone like myself who might have been a tennis player my entire life and is going to be a lot more powerful with pace and athleticism than let's say my best friend who didn't play tennis, but has really good hand-eye coordination or a golfer that has amazing hand-eye coordination, but doesn't have the speed that I do on the court or whatever it is. It evens the playing field. And you can also play. It's really cool with couples too. Like I've seen couples get out there like a husband and wife or a girlfriend and boyfriend and play against another couple's friends that they have. And you know, as long as you hand-eye coordination and are somewhat coordinated, you can pick it up pretty quickly and pretty well. So the fact that the ball, the speed is limited because of the holes in the ball, like a wiffle ball almost, it does allow for a large swath of people to play. Like I can play with my 50-year-old uncle and not be awkward and he not going to, you know, it could still be, because it's also a workout. It doesn't feel like ping pong where you're not really breaking a sweat you're breaking a sweat because you have the ball doesn't bounce super high. So you actually have to get pretty low and bend, which is a leg workout and you're moving around the court and the points actually go pretty long because it's hard to just like slam the ball. Is this a tour based model? Like, are you guys traveling to different cities? So yes, we will be the, the first was just announced. It's going to be a dreamland in dripping Springs, Texas, which is like in Austin, basically from June 3rd through 5th. And then there's going to be more events announced in the coming weeks. But that's the first official tournament. But it's not tour-based where it's like weekly, like like the ATP tour. It's going to be elite competitions, like let's call it like three or four per year or whatever it may be, that determine the champion of the Major League Pickleball. Gotcha. So as the GM, you got your GM hat on now here. You're basically recruiting players to play on this team. And I don't know how many you can tell me how many players you're actually going to have or how that works. But essentially, they show up to three, four, five, whatever it ends up being events per year. And then you guys compete against the other 12 teams in the league for basically a trophy each week. That's right. And, you know, in 2022, they increased the number of teams. So there's going to be 12 teams. That's an increase of about four from the inaugural season, which was last year in 2021. And there's four people on each team. So in each event, the teams play in a round-robin format with the finals being contested by the two teams who amass the most points in the round-robin. So, you know, team plays men's and women's doubles, mixed doubles, singles as a tiebreaker. So there's always a team winning each match. It's played over a three-day event. It's live streaming every match. And then the finals are being broadcast on CBS Sports Network. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So you share what you want to share, what you don't want to share, just tell me. But most of this information is public for other leagues. So like, what's the business of this look like, right? Like how much do teams cost? How much do players get paid? How do you guys make money, et cetera? Yeah. So I think that the league is going to continue to make money in the future from a range of revenue streams. You know, there's TV rights. There's merch. There's ticket sales, there's sponsorship, there's endorsement deals, venue deals. You know, right now, Major League Pickleball is in startup mode, but 
it'll monetize its growth pretty quickly. You know, I can't divulge the exact cost of a team, but I can say it's it's a solid mid six figure investment right now with the number only going upwards. So, you know, if anyone's thinking of investing, they should get on board, you know, right now so that they don't miss out because it's, it's just going to get more and more expensive in my opinion. But as an owner of the team, you basically own equity in the league. Gotcha. Okay. That's super interesting. All right. So then your role as GM, what does that look like? Like, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Primarily it's to ensure our players have the best chance of winning and drafting the best team possible. So there's a draft coming up and then they're going to release that draft. It will be public knowledge in May. I think it's actually going to be held at the USTA Tennis Center, the where the US Opens played, which is really exciting. So I'll draft that team, which is like my primary responsibility right now is to get to know the teams. I mean, the players scout them like But where are you picking the players from? Is there pickleball in college? It's not like a regulated sport, right? For the NCAA. So is there like who are you drafting from? Who's the pot of players? Yeah, so you have to apply on the Major League Pickleball site. And the way that they're able to figure out the best players is there is a ranking system. It's called Duper, D-U-P-R. And you only gain points by playing tournaments in the Duper system. So basically, you have to apply. You get vetted into the pool of eligible players for myself to draft and all the other teams to draft. And then my job is to draft the best team possible and then primarily to ensure the players have the best chance of winning. And that's really about creating a structure that enables the players we draft to play to the best of their potential, like investing in people and facilities to help maximize their abilities. You know, the beauty of MLP now is we're, we're kind of writing the script for generations to come. So I have a chance to mold the GM role to the best interests of our players and I'm also responsible for creating our brand, the Fives. So the team name is the Fives. I have to create our team brand and, and the audience. And, you know, that's a strength that Gary and I have is, is that's the business we're in. So I'm excited about kind of creating a brand around the Fives and Pickleball. So talk to me about the logo and the team name. Why the Fives and then the logo? I, I think I have some background knowledge, but for people that aren't as familiar, just why were those chosen? Sure. So... The fives, five is Gary's favorite number. It started that way because when he came to America, his mom knit him a sweater. It was a Jets sweater in green, which is why he's such a diehard Jets fan. But the number five was the number she chose to put on it. It was kind of the way that he felt accepted into the culture of the U.S. So he's always had a major affinity to the number five. And that's why in every single picture you see, he's always kind of like putting the five up in the picture. And everybody always asks, why does he do that? And that's the reason why. And the logo, you know, we also thought of like old school team names like the 76ers and like, you know, the OG team names. It's almost an, an ode to like the original San Francisco 49ers. Like we're like the fives. Like it's a cool name that could stick around forever. It's like the new version of it. Yeah. Exactly. And then the logo, you know, he has an NFT project that's very successful called V Friends. And Series 2 of VFriends, it's a derivative project, actually launches tomorrow on April 12th. And there is a new character being created called Competitive Clown. And only there's only like 214 competitive clowns able to be minted. And there's a specific way you can mint them. You have to have a certain amount of book games token, which is a currency he's created for the VFriends universe. And... 
we put the competitive clown in the in the logo because this is a competition and we are fiercely competitive human beings, Gary and I. So we felt that he was a, a good representation for the brand. I feel like we could do an entire podcast on exactly how you can mint the NFTs, what you need to do them, the book games, everything. Like I'm confused at this point and I've been following it for a long time. <laughs> we could spend days on that, days. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. So my competitive juices tell me like, how do you win at this, right? Like, is, is there a salary cap? Is there a way to like ensure you get the best players? Like, how do you guys make sure that you go out and actually win these tournaments? Yeah, so it's an even playing field in terms of the amount everyone's able to pay the players. So, you know, it's not like Mark Lazary could pay more for a player just because, you know, he brute force. Like, everyone gets same cap. And it's a snake draft. So like, it's not like I can go out there and use Gary's fame to recruit players and say, Hey, like you want to be on our team because we're going to make you famous. Everyone gets an even shot. So like, there's going to be a first pick, a second pick, a third pick, and then it snakes back. So like, you know, if I get the first pick, I I won't be able to get another pick probably for a little while. So you, you do need to do your due diligence though. You need to figure out who you want to draft. But here's the biggest tip I was given was like, it's a lot about chemistry. Because they're going to be playing doubles with each other. So just because they're the best woman player in the world and the best male player in the world doesn't mean that they're going to have great chemistry. And a lot of these guys have played with each other and know each other because they're the elite pickleball players. So you want to do your research on who has actual chemistry and who can win together, not just kind of like only pick best singles players. Gotcha. And so there's 5 million people now. Like, How big do you think the sport can be, right? Not only major league pickleball right the league itself but actually the sport here in the united states yeah i mean listen i don't know how long this could be five years 10 years 20 years i don't know but there really is no reason pickleball can't be as big as golf or tennis in the u.s one day it's a sport that a large number of people can play it's easier to be good quickly at pickleball than tennis and i have a soft spot for tennis because that is my favorite sport in the world and i played it my whole life the cost of entry is very low. It's a great way to exercise, have fun, hang out with friends. You know, its potential is limitless, which is why we made the investment because we really do believe that it can be as big as as golf or tennis one day. Do you think you win the championship in year one? Absolutely. I mean, if I don't, <laughs> if I, don't I fail. Are you going to get fired from the GM role if you don't? <laughs> um, I mean, listen, I could be on the hot seat if I don't if I don't get the chemistry together quickly. They might bring Ty Lue or Jeff Van Gundy in or something like that. Is there a head coach too? You know, the fun part of this is that MLP makes it fun, meaning like where the tour, the day in day out tours out there, like are a little bit more serious. It's more like tennis silence and like there's no silence here. You could cheer, you can get rowdy, and I can bring in like fun celebrity coaches. So. We've got some tricks up our sleeve that we're going to make it, you know, appealing to be a fan of the fives. And our first tournament, we got some some potential celebrity guests and stuff that might come and be coaches for the day, et cetera. I like it, man. I think you guys are going to bring a lot of attention, right? Even if you just think outside of the media aspect that you guys offer, putting it in the NFT collection, right? That's huge. People are going to follow the team in the league just because of that. And I'm sure there's a million other ideas that you guys are thinking about right now of how to intertwine the stuff. So super exciting. But off of that, how can people not only learn more, but like actually start following you guys and keep up with what you guys are doing on this front? Yeah, so the tournaments will all be live streamed. So the first one in Texas from June 3rd through 5th will be live streamed. So I encourage you to tune in. Also, please, you know, win the finals if we make it there, which we better. 
that will be live cast on CBS Sports. So definitely watch that. I think that go on YouTube, go on Instagram, start following the players, start following Major League Pickleball, the channel. I mean, the highlights are a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. I'm like finding myself going down a rabbit hole and watching these like clips of the highlight points. Some of these points, there's something called the kitchen. You're not able to go into the kitchen and crowd the net. So you kind of are several steps away is the closest you can get to the net. So some of these points, the reactions are just like, boom, 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 boom. It almost looks like Wii Tennis or Nintendo Tennis, where you're just like, boom, 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 It's going a million miles per hour, and they're a lot of fun to watch. I played pickleball one time, and within the first five minutes, they told me, you got to stay out of the kitchen. You got to stay out of the kitchen. I was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? What are you, like, it, I was, it was like a term that confused the hell out of me. But it was a lot of fun, to your point, because you can get up on the net and it's basically like the most interesting and fun part of tennis to watch, where it's just like these guys are just going back and forth right in front of each other. And you're doing it like literally right next to each other a foot or two away. It was very fun to play when I did it. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I highly encourage. And then play. Get out there. You'll see how fun it is. Find a court near you. Just get some sticks and go out there and play. And quickly you'll be like, oh, man, like now I have an appreciation of how good some of these athletes are that are playing and that are the best in the world and how good their reactions are, and how they cover the court with such ease, and they'll quickly gain an appreciation. But you'll also start to see, we're going to create our social channels very soon for the fives, as soon as we draft our team, and you'll be able to follow us there as well. I love it, man. It seems like you guys are going to have a lot of fun doing this, so I'm excited to watch for sure. I'm excited to follow along because I know that you guys are obviously putting a lot of effort into it, so it's going to be fun. Thank you so much for doing this, though, and we'll have to do it again after you guys win that championship this year, whether you whether you win it or not, because if you win it, yeah. you'll obviously want to come on and brag about it, but if you lose, you might get fired, and we can talk about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about the highs and the lows of the exactly, season. Exactly, right. Well, yeah. like media, like media sessions every week, like you come on and we just pepper you <laughs> with questions about why the team won or lost or this player didn't play well, et cetera. You'll get like the full GM treatment. Exactly. I love it. No, thank you so much, though. Yeah. Thanks for bringing attention to the sport and for, for what we're up to. I appreciate it. Of course. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Palm Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.